ladies and gentlemen, welcome Aaron Nagler. Packers Nation, give it up for Tom Grossi. We are here at 1265 Lombardi. Big B, nice to meet you, Big B. The thoughts from the Chicago Bears. They suck. Nobody pass protects like the GOAT, Jamal Williams. The GOAT! <laughs> we might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. Grab a Dr. Pepper and join us every week to talk all the latest surrounding 1265 Lombardi. What is going on, everybody? This is Joey of Underage Packers welcoming you to episode 34. Not too excited, but I am always excited to have Big B, my co-host, joining me. What's happening? Not a victory Monday, once again. We're saying that too often now. I guess it's only been three times through the year, but it's not, not a very good look. Um, today, we're going to be recapping the Vikings game that didn't go too well. We're going to be talking about the news that just broke. Uh, of a Packer player testing positive for COVID-19. We're going to be looking again at Mike Pettin and the trade deadline. It should be an exciting one. A lot of things to talk about. And we're recording this while news is breaking, so it should be a fun one. Yes. Let's start off. Okay, so let's before we get into any Viking stuff, let's talk about the news that is just breaking. Let's get our thoughts out there before it's too late. Um, Packers player testing positive for COVID. They're obviously holding all virtual meetings. Now, this wouldn't be as concerning as it is right now if we hadn't played a game literally yesterday with all 53 players coming in very close contact with each other. Um, there's a lot of concerns there. You know, one, do we have an outbreak? Are, are we going to have 20 players test positive when we can't play for the next two or three weeks? Um, is it an important player? Is it, you know, we might not have an outbreak, but did, is it Kenny Clark or Devontae Adams? What is going on here? Um, I mean, Big B, you added, if it's Jamal Williams, I'm going to cry. Yep. And it's, it is very concerning. You know, it could, if it's an outbreak, if it's just one player, even if it's just one player, it could be bad. Uh, what are your thoughts right now? I know I was one who actually broke the news to you. So uh, let's hear your, your quick thoughts on a Packers player testing positive for COVID. Well, I'm shocked, first of all, because yeah. it kind of literally hit me out of nowhere. Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's it. Just sucks. I hope hope we're not getting an outbreak like the Marlins did. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's just like wow. Okay, you know we've seen over uh, the past two or three weeks a lot of teams have to shut these down, and now it's finally happened. It's finally happening to Green Bay. Um, I guess one good thing is there has been a lot of there's been a lot of teams that have encountered this. The one thing is though. I don't think many of them have happened the day after a game. So you can only hope that it's a practice squad player. I mean, even a third screener is on the sidelines all game. Um, so you never know, but we're hoping hoping for the best, hoping it's a false positive. Um, one thing that is very telling, though, is that we know it's a player. Uh, thanks to Tom Fillers, whoever the guy was that used to cover the Vikings and Packers beat. Tom Pelissero. Yeah, there you are. Um, so that's very concerning for right now. We don't have too much news. Hopefully we get some more throughout the – maybe hopefully we don't get some more, <laughs> you know. Hopefully that's uh, that's the end of it. But right now the Thursday night game is definitely in question. Let's talk about yesterday's game, though. It's going to be – might be a little hard to focus as we're looking at, at Twitter for hopeful news here. Um, so let's talk. Vikings didn't go too well. 
we lost by six points. But in my opinion, like I wrote this, and this was just my main thought after the game, we were always playing from behind. Sure, we might have been tied. Sure, we might have had a 14-7, 7 lead. But we were never really truly ahead in this game. Even when we were tied at half, we were like, all right, the Vikings are playing a lot better than us. We got to step it up. Uh, did you kind of have that feeling even at halftime? Yeah, I was wasn't too confident um, in the yeah. defense. Yeah, it's just like especially from what you've seen, and this literally what we talked about last week when you know we were kind of nitpicking, but we were like the reason why everybody is so All right. scared. Wait, wait, we got news. It is it is running back AJ Dillon who is tested positive. Breaking news, A.J. Dillon has tested positive. That is really bad. That is really bad. Oh, uh, well. All right, then. Well, uh, the show must go on. That is not good. Um, we don't want to miss A.J. Dillon, obviously. Um, and he was in close contact with literally every single starter. Yeah. Um, God bless. So if it turns out uh, right now, as of 1027 Central Time, if it turns out that it is a false positive, then, you know, this doesn't even really matter. But if it's true, doubt we place Thursday. Um, talk more about the Vikings game. Uh, it's very hard to go on now. Uh, but Packers were playing from behind all game. I feel like Dalvin Cook singly, single-handedly defeated us, really. I mean, pff, really all you can say. Um, and the thing that was so good about the Vikings and the reason that it wasn't um, – they didn't score 45 is because their focus was the running game and they were able, able to keep on getting those seven-minute, eight-minute, six-minute drives that ended off with a touchdown every time. The Packers had two-minute drives that ended in punts or fourth and 20s that they didn't convert. Um, okay, now let's talk a little bit about this. I'm trying to focus on recapping this game instead of a uh, little Packers running back testing positive. Um, but the Packers really, I think this is the first game where they truly needed another weapon. And you know me, I know you, we both, nope. hate, we both hate that stigma. Uh, oh, if only we had draft. We we make a meme of it. We've make the mockery of it all season long. But this time they really needed another weapon. It's obvious in those two plays in a row where EQ drops two balls. That if it's Alan Lazard or another wide receiver out there, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they signed Devin Bunches to do. He's gonna catch it. Um, who do you think? I mean. Really, at the trade deadline, I mean, I think EQ has a similar play style to Will Fuller. I'm not saying they're comparable at all, but I mean, who do you think right now? Who do we, who who can we add at this point to come in here at wide receiver and help us out tremendously? Wide receiver, um, um, for probably Will Fuller. I mean, he's yeah. got the speed, has the big play potential. Um, yeah, and like the opposite of 
like literally every receiver on on the team. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's fast. Yep. And it's like MBS. That's literally what we drafted for you for. Go do it. I know you were a fifth rounder, but go do what we drafted you for. It's it's really unfortunate. Um, and who would have thought we'd be hurting more from Alan Lazard's entry than we are from Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari? You know? Um, not a good look for the Packers wide receivers. Not a good look for Aaron Rodgers. He was pretty off all game. The wind wasn't in his favor, though. And let's talk about your boy, Jamal Williams. No, oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> so, okay, here, I think, again, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. We learned who he was. And I think he was really asked to do way too much. Um, and we got away from the run game too early. He's a great wide receiver, but we're relying on him too much. And he can. And Aaron Jones and him are the perfect match. That's what we learned about Jamal Williams other, uh, yesterday. Um, what do you think of Jamal Williams' play? I mean, his stats aren't too bad. I think he had maybe 12 carries for 75 yards, had quite a few receptions there. What do you think of Jamal Williams' game yesterday? I mean, he had another hundred um, combined total yards. Yeah, and so it's that's really impressive. But even I said, we miss Aaron Jones so much. Yeah, we he, really he, he is just such a weapon. And I think, look, here's the thing, and I would, I, I really reject this idea of uh, blaming it on injuries because you should go out there throwing your best fifty-three and saying, "I feel confident that I can win this game." unless it's Aaron Rodgers or your star quarterback that your whole franchise has been revolving around for the past five to ten years. But you can't be going out there, oh, our left tackle and running back are hurt. Eh, well, we won't win anyways. And I just find this so frustrating. I find it so frustrating. We saw in Tampa Bay, we, we and we did it again this week, we're giving up way too early. And we're giving Jamal Williams five-yard checkdowns with six minutes left in the game. It's eerily frustrating um, to not be going no huddle, to just be slowly going up there like we don't have a chance when we're miraculously up by or down by only 14 with 10 minutes left. The defense finally gets some stops near the end of the game, and our offense has so many drives that they can't do anything. And then you look back again, at those those drives that they had, the opportunities that they had, and uh, going for it, and it's it's another great example, I think, and I kind of blame it on the defense really for not not allowing the offense to have any confidence in them. That so that I mean the win, obviously, again, they had to consider that Mason Crosby's injury, they had to consider that. But if we would have just went for those field goals on two of those drives where we were in field goal range we would have tied that game all with that six with that two point conversion. Um, talking about that two point conversion, which was under review for a little bit with Jamal Williams, which I just, that is a fantastic play by Jamal Williams there. That is what we wanted to see from him all season long. Yes. Let's talk about the awful calls by these refs. Once again, I don't like blaming these, the games on the refs or anything, but big B, I, I just looked at these, and I'll show it to our YouTube viewers. I'll try to subscribe it as best as I can to our audio listeners on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. First off, uh, we're talking about Big Bob Tanyan or Tanyan. You know, Tanyan. we're down. 
uh, I believe this was the third to last drive, the next drive on offense we score. But here you see an obvious pass interference that they call at first, but then they pick up flag, and that first down would have been absolutely massive. We get that first down and even score a field goal there. I don't know. Just even, even get the chance there to score that touchdown, and then we tie it on the next drive would be insane considering how absolutely atrocious we were for most of the game. If we went, like, the fact that we were 45 yards away from winning this, or at least, yeah, from winning this game is insane. If, considering how atrocious we played, and it's just like that's where Minnesota comes into trouble. That's where any team with a good run game comes in trouble because as much as you can go on seven-minute long drives, it's the offense has those Devontae Adams, they can score in two minutes, you know? So Minnesota, I'm not going to say they got lucky there, but, I mean, you just look at this this really bad call, and then you hear us clearly on him, uh, interfering with his hands. Um, how mad were you when they picked that flag up? Packerman almost died. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, I, and I mean, just a lot of bad calls. We're only call, talking about two, but there's a lot of weak uh, and uncalled for penalties. The next one, this one is one that everybody noticed after the game that would have could have gave the Packers a much better chance at winning, even like we said when they played atrocious the whole game. You have, again, Big Bob Tunyon. Uh, he, get, he gets a catch near the sideline. He doesn't have time to get out of bounds. And we have to waste 17 seconds getting to the line, getting in formation to spike it. And the next play is obviously Aaron Rodgers' fumble. You see this face mask right here. Would have been huge. Moves the Packers up to the Vikings 29, uh, or 26, I believe it was. They have uh, probably 25 seconds left on the clock. A lot, like, and I, I have a lot of faith that Aaron Rodgers can toss it up to Devontae Adams. Um I mean, how much do you think, based on what we were doing that drive, that if the Packers get that penalty, the Packers are winning that game? Yeah, I mean, I had yeah all the confidence going into that drive. Mm -hmm. I thought it was it was really weird. Um, I felt I literally felt physically sick after the game. Like I told I I couldn't walk at all. Uh, and it was just with Aaron Rodgers for the past five years. And Detroit, in Arizona, we're just so used to him pulling miracles out of his butt. Uh, this time it couldn't happen. It was so depressing, just like, oh, so it's over. I know. I, I was, hate. I hate when games end like that. Yeah, it's just like they have so much potential, and then all right. yeah, it's like you get this yourself. would have been this would have been one of the greatest games of the year, literally, if one more pass was complete. Yeah, and, and it is so crazy. Sometimes football games really do come down to that. I said to my brother when we got the ball back, it does not matter at all what happened in the past fifty my fifty nine minutes and three seconds of play. All that matters now is the next and last 57 seconds. No. And the Packers, unfortunately, could not pull it out. They played really bad on defense the whole game, really bad on offense the whole second half. 
and it is really, really um, disappointing when the clock hits zero, and they are, you know, you're just holding out hope for that that they're going to roll incomplete. Aaron Rodgers couldn't do it. Um, another thing I want to comment on is it just felt the whole game on offense second half, literally doing five yard checks downs uh, with 50 seconds left on the clock. Um, do you think the Packers offense didn't take enough chances this game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's just like Devontae Adams was having some insane numbers. He was playing insane. He was, t- he's doing what we predicted. He got three touchdowns on this defense. So it's like, you know, if I think if we take some more shots, chances to Devontae, and we did on that fourth and 30, and it was batted off by Kendricks, but there was just a lot. Like, and it goes down to again, and I think same with the Tampa game. You know, this one a little bit more realistic, but we had so many chances on offense. This game could have been a lot different if I, um, uh, okay, I'm just seeing now Dylan's positive test came in Sunday's pregame COVID 19 testing. Yep. That is awful. Packers are not playing this Thursday, I'm telling you right now. Um, I didn't want to interrupt your speech, so. Yeah, so I just feel like, you know, and I'm not saying, and I said this exact same thing after Tampa Bay, I'm not saying if the Packers call all gas, no weapon breaks, they win this game. But they would have been a lot closer. They wouldn't have to depend on that last-minute drive, literally last-minute drive. Like, we haven't had one of those in a while, though. I know, and I'm thinking, like, when is the last time the only game in Matt LaFleur's stint where it wasn't, where we didn't play atrociously was in Philly? And, uh, again, our our run defense, or it wasn't in Philly, but it was against Philly. Um, You know, it it just wasn't not a good scenario for the Packers. And do you think, really, because we've seen a lot of Mike Pettin and Matt LaFleur how much do you think um, them not being able to respond when they get punched in the mouth or let up two big plays, how much do you think that is their inner experience, especially with Matt LaFleur? I can't help you. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it is definitely – is it concerning? Do you think it can be a looming problem, especially for Matt LaFleur, that he can't respond, he can't make the adjustments when he goes down big? I mean, maybe – you got to remember it's only a second season, though. Yeah. But maybe it happens, like, two years from now. Then you should probably start being a little worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to see a game where, it like, it actually comes down to the last second, like it's back and forth, and not where the Packers have to pull out some crazy miracle. And this yeah. one shouldn't even have to come down to a miracle. Like, the fact that we had five drives when we were only down by seven. 14 is pretty sad. And uh, let's see, what else do we got on here? Um, Mike Pettin, let's get a few angry rants out here before we get to the the little good, especially after this morning's news. Um, Mike Pettin, we got to talk about him. We talk about him every single week because he's just that awful. Like, at this – okay – at this point, whose relationship is Mike Pettin's good with? What relationship in the Packers does Mike Pettin have a, is a good one? 
Um, Obviously not good with my, Matt Lafleur. Probably the um, custodian. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mike Pettin is uh, instead of focusing on coming up with a competent and new game plan, he just spends his time picking up banana peels off the floor. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe he's good friends with Wes Hockwitz. I don't know. Um, yeah. Or maybe Chris, maybe even Christian Kirksey hates him too. Like, it, you know, it's obviously not good with Matt Fleur. It's obviously clearly not good with the fans. I don't know how, I, how he sticks around after this season. I don't know how he made it through this offseason. Uh, and I'll once again show this. You have – there was literally two plays – Two plays that I saw, and I don't even watch the game back. Well, I do when it's a win, but not when we lose. Where Preston Smith, literally at outside corner. Now, what in tarnation, Mike Pettin? You know, we have a rule here at Underage Packers. We never record. We've only had to do this twice. We never record the day of a loss. If we win, we'll record the post game the day of. But if we lose, we want to... We won't rant um, the day of just because, you know, we want to get a more refreshed state. But I am still very angry at Mike Pettin and overall performance of this game. Uh, so here's Preston Smith at corner. There's a picture for you. There's a play where he had no idea. I don't understand why Josh Jackson is telling Preston Smith to go out outside corner. He's probably thinking, my God, what what is this crazy man, Mr. Pettin, telling me to do why is he telling me our outside linebacker to go back corner maybe it's uh, like maybe Patton has a um weight loss oh thing. yeah yeah he's like Preston we gotta get you some more exercise we might allow 15 yards here but yeah gotta get you in shape Preston trust then, me it will, it will play off later yep um and then you have the biggest problem of all is letting off like, this was the only thing Vikings had going on offense when it came to third and 10. They'd just literally throw it over in the middle for an easy completion. And then we'd take them, it would take us three seconds to get to the player, which is a long time. Uh, and here's a picture against Texas uh, or Houston where it's fourth and three. And Jair Alexander, so the ball, the line is scrimmage. Looks like it's at the 48, and Jair Alexander is lined up at the opposing 44. What? And Montrevious Adams going into coverage with Kenny Clark rushing one or two pass rushers on third and 10. It's just really frustrating. It's like, I don't get what, like, why you do that. What's the plan? Like, what? what is the thought process? Yes. Like, oh, okay, so throw out more outside linebackers that can cover, you know, instead of or bring in more dime, bring in Vernon Scott, bring in Henry Black, bring in more safeties instead of putting Preston Smith at corner. I just don't understand it. I don't understand the goal of Mike Pettin's defense at this point. And it, it's just, once again, we talked about this with Maggie. How... Like, how frustrating is it that the Packers have never been able to put it together? And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime, but it's every year. 
it's like, oh, fire. We got to fire Capers. He's awful. Oh, we got now it's McCarthy. Now it's Thompson. Now it's Philbin. Now it's Pettit. We got to put it together someday. I know. And the time is running out. And that's where it comes to with Brian Gutekinds. He's a lot under a lot of pressure to get it done. And it's like in two years from now, there's a lot more sexier of an option to click restart with Jordan Love. And I'm not saying two years from now it's definite, but the Jordan Love pick is looking well. Great. Well, according to my Instagram comments, he's going to be traded this this week. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Packers obviously hate Jordan Love. Obviously. Yep. All right. I mean, we could spend all day talking about Mike Pettin. Um. Yeah. Let, let, okay. Before we'll, we'll go on a little bit closing thoughts on AJ Dillon testing positive for COVID here. Uh, okay. For, okay. So before we'll talk about the 49ers game, if it even happens this week, the Falcons have interest in Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that's not even good news. Like good for you, Nathaniel. But, yeah. Like that's not even good news. There's no good news. Yeah. It's just like your, your, your buddy, I don't know, leaving your, family business to go start something else you know it's yep really unfortunate um but i mean good for him uh if he does end up getting that job but we'll, we'll you know we'll definitely miss him uh especially because his, he's the fuller's own guy and not uh mike mccarthy or previous yeah. before him all right trade deadline there's really nothing to be talked about except i mean at this point tomorrow if we do end up making a trade before the 3 p.m. trade deadline, me and Big B will be here making a video on the YouTube channel. Uh, but I don't see it happening. Will Fuller interest has been there since July, apparently. To end it off. Oh, oh by the way, huh? AJ, Dillon, AJ Dillon is out Thursday. Just so clear. Wow. Wow. Thanks for the news. Yep. <laughs> so Okay. To end it off. All I got to say for this game that might not happen on Thursday, Kyle Shanahan is grinning ear to ear. It literally does not matter who's that quarterback. It literally does not matter who's that tight end. All that matters is who is on the other side of the 49ers offensive line. They could probably put garbage bags at their offensive line, and we still wouldn't get pressure. Good point. Um... Well, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I cannot give you – I cannot – yeah, there's a lot of bell game left. I cannot tell you if the Packers will be playing this Thursday. I do know, though, our next episode where, we, where we're talking will be with Andy Herman. So make sure you follow us on Spotify, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for those updates. Thanks for watching this rant. Do you have anything else to add, Bigby? Um, hopefully Jamal Williams is okay. Yep. Um, that's it. If we find out any other news, we'll have it free on the YouTube channel. Thanks everybody for watching. Go Pack Go.